Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. Everyone said, amen. So I take eyes to see. I take ears to hear. I forgive everybody of everything. I receive supernatural debt cancellation. The Word of God that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me to make Jesus famous in my everyday life. You may be seated. Open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. And as always, I remind you to subscribe to the Faith Podcast so you can get all these messages for free and keep building your faith. We're going to start a new study tonight. And I know where the Lord wants to take us in this. So we'll go to Exodus chapter 3. So we'll be, over the next several Wednesday nights, we'll be walking through the scriptures concerning the name of Jesus. Exodus chapter 3. Verse 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? Say name. name. What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, You shall say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. So we see that Moses is sent in the name of the Lord. And God said, moreover unto Moses, that you shall say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Now, we've done a study of the name of God before. Yes, we see his I am that I am. But also we know when it says Lord, in the Hebrew, it can be translated Jehovah, or Yahweh. Why is there a discrepancy? The Hebrews greatly respected and revered the name of the Lord. When scribes would write his name, they would get up, wash their hands each time before they would write it. That's how much they respected the name. But they took that reverence to the extreme. They stopped pronouncing it. So after a generation or two, no one knows how exactly to say the name of the Lord. Because how they wrote it in Scripture, in original Hebrew, there's no vowels. So the most accurate pronunciation is yud heh vav heh Some people say Jehovah. Some people say Yahweh. But no one knows exactly how to say it. It is the name of God. In one Hebrew commentary, they call it the ineffable name, which means it's too great and too extreme and too high to put in words. That's how marvelous his name is. And they reverenced it greatly. So when you look at the Hebrew translation, it says Hashem instead of the name of God, which means the name. In our English translations, it says the Lord. But it's all referencing the name. Now go to Exodus chapter 5, verse 23. They had great reverence for the name of the Lord. Exodus 5, 23, 
This is Moses talking to God. And he says, for since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name. So Moses wasn't just going out there talking. He went in the name of the Lord. Now go to Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. We know the scripture. I like what it says in the New Living Translation. It says, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. So reverence for the name of the Lord was one of the Ten Commandments. Look at your neighbor and say, don't misuse the name of the Lord. Exodus chapter 20, verse 22. And the Lord said unto Moses, you shall say unto the children of Israel, you have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. You shall not make with me gods of silver, neither shall you make unto you gods of gold. An altar of earth you shall make unto me, and shall sacrifice thereon, thereon there, that your burnt offerings, your peace offerings, your sheep, your oxen, and all places where I record my name, I will come unto you, and I will bless you. So the name should be reverenced and revered, correct? But notice what also this name. That name is a marked spot where the presence of God falls. Because God says, where I put my name, that's where I'll come. But he also said, I'll come there and I'll bless you. So the name is a marked spot of blessing. That is why it is to be revered because that's where the presence of God is. When he told Israel, says, don't mess with this angel because I put my name in him. Or he says, in this place you'll worship me because I put my name there. It represents the presence of God. So you could even say the presence of God is in the name of God. So it's to be reverenced and revered just like you would reverence and revere God himself. You should put the same reverence to his name that you would put to him if you manifested it right before you. Look at your neighbor and say, reverence the name of the Lord. Look at your other neighbor and say, don't misuse the name of the Lord. So the name was a marked place for divine manifestation and blessing. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 8. It's a marked spot for divine manifestation, a marked spot for blessing, a marked spot for the presence of the Lord. We saw Moses was sent in the name of the Lord. I'm laying part of the foundation for where we're going to go in the study as we walk through the scripture concerning the name of the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 8. Moses recounting some of the things that God had done over the past 40 years. He says, at that time, the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister unto him, and to bless in his name unto this day. Go to chapter 18. So the Levites were to bless in the name of the Lord. Remember, we said the name is a marked spot for blessing. But now the Levites are standing in the name of the Lord to release the blessing. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 5. For the Lord your God has chosen him out of all your tribes to stand to minister in the name of the Lord, him and his sons forever. Talking about the Levites. Then he, verse 7, shall minister in the name of the Lord his God, and as all his brethren the Levites do, which stand before the Lord. So just like Moses, the Levites were to go in the name of the Lord. They ministered in the name of the Lord, and they blessed in the name of the Lord. 
So to go in his name meant to go as his representative with his power, word, and blessing. So if I go in the name of the Lord, I can release whatever that name represents. Now, why is that important? Is there someone in Scripture in the Old Testament that caught what that really meant? Yes, go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. First Samuel 17, we know in the chapter prior, David is anointed by God. The Spirit of God comes upon him. And we see what happens not too long afterwards, that his father sends him to bring food to his brothers who were in battle. And for 40 days, Goliath the giant would taunt the armies of Israel. He would go out and mock them. He'll say something like, you know what, we don't all need to go to battle. Y'all send your best warrior, and I'll fight them. If I lose, we serve you. If I win, you serve me. But it said all of the men of Israel would begin to shake and back up. So Goliath taunted them for 40 days. So David comes out, and he hears this taunt. And the difference is he heard it, and David wasn't there the other 40 days. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel as he come up. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches. He will give him his daughter and make his father's house tax-free in Israel. Think about that. You do this one thing, you don't have to pay taxes for the rest of your life, you and your family. That would get a lot of Christians to do miracles real quick. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, what shall be done to the man that kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? When he says uncircumcised, he's talking about this giant, even though he's big, he does not have a covenant. So he's saying, I have a covenant. So two things going for David right now. He's anointed and he knows he has a covenant. Now, mind you, he's not the only anointed one in Israel. Saul's anointed. He's not the only one in covenant with Israel. Every person in Israel has a covenant with God. So David is about to do something that anyone else could have done. So he goes with his stones and his sling to take on the giant. And the Philistines saw David coming. And he begins to laugh at him, to stain him, say, what am I that you can come at me with some sticks and some rocks? And he begins to curse him in the name of his God. And the Philistines said to David, come to me, and I'll give your flesh to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. I'm going to beat you, and it's not going to be anything. But verse 45, then said David to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. So we already said it. David was anointed. He had a covenant. He had access to the blessing because of the covenant. He released the power of all of those wonderful things when in the name he slung the stone. David had access to all those things, but he didn't release it till he came in the name. So David says, I'm coming at you, Goliath, in the name, and then he slung his stone. 
When he slung the stone at the giant, when he slung it was when he released his faith. When David slung the stone, he released his faith. When you use the name, you must release your faith. Say it again. When you use the name, you must release your faith. Now, listen to this. If you're writing, texting, whatever you can do to get this note down. If you do not use the name in faith, you are misusing the name. If you do not use the name in faith, you are misusing the name. And the Ten Commandments says don't misuse the name. So you just throwing out the name, hope it works, you are misusing the name. Using the name in vain or misusing is not just using as part of a cuss word. Not using the name in faith is misusing the name. This name is powerful. Psalm 124 verse 8 says, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. So also you see there's anointing in the name, the presence of God is in the name, the blessings in the name, but also help is in the name. Go to Philippians chapter 2. It was just some Old Testament references. What does that have to do with us under the new covenant? Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. The wonderful, ineffable name of yod heh vav Helps in that name, powers in that name, blessings in that name. Victories in that name. David knew he could get victory if he came in the name of the Lord. He delivered a nation because he came in the name of the Lord. But notice what Philippians chapter 2 says about Jesus. Wherefore God has highly exalted him, Jesus, and given him a name which is above every name. Now, wait a minute. What name is above every name? Yodhevave, the ineffable name, the name that has the power, that has the blessing, that has the covenant. So you can read and say, God gave him his name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All of the glory, power, blessing, and authority that was in the name of Jehovah was placed in the name of Jesus. And guess what? You have been given access to that wonderful name and everything that's attached to it. You don't have to figure out, well, how do you say the name of God in the Old Testament? What is his real name? You don't got to figure that out. All you have to do is say the name of. There's power in that name. David came in the name of the Lord and got victory. We're supposed to go the same way. Go to Mark 16. Not only do you have right to use that name and access to what that name provides, you're supposed to go in that name as well. So we said before, to go in the name means you're going as his representative. That's a New Testament truth. You are an ambassador. You are sent forth. But you're not sent without anything. You're sent in the name. Mark 16, verse 17 it says, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up the serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. 
all in the name of the Lord, all in the name of Jesus, which means in that name is healing. In that name, from the Scripture alone, there's protection and there's deliverance, and they shall speak with new tongues in that name. That means the Holy Ghost and His baptism is in that name. It's all in the name of the Lord. Say, it's all in the name of the Lord. Matthew 28, let's look there real quick. Matthew 28, verse 18. I'm building this message to one point. Matthew 28, verse 18, because I'm going to make a statement, then I'm going to close and let y'all think about that for a week. Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. Go in what? In that name, in that authority. And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That Greek word for name is unimum, which means the authority and the character thereof. The authority of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost is the authority of the name of Jesus. Because God put all of his authority, all of his power in that one name. So when people ask, well, were you baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? We're in the name of Jesus. It's the same thing. Now, because I don't have time to explain it every time we do baptisms, you hear me say, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, be baptized. So when they ask that theological question, they just say both. You can't argue against it. But it's the same thing. Because God put it all in the name of Jesus. So go to Acts chapter 3. All the power that was in the name of yud Such power that the Jews took it to the extreme and said, we're not even going to say that name anymore. All of that awe, all of that majesty, all of that blessing, all of that glory was put in the name of Jesus. And you've been given access to that name. You've been given a right to use that name. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed on them, expecting to receive something. He didn't know what he was going to receive, but he was expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. Now, why doesn't Peter have silver and gold? Jesus used to pay all the bills. Jesus is gone. He raised from the dead. He was with them 40 days. This is not too long after the day of Pentecost, and that was 10 days after Jesus left. He didn't go back to fishing. Peter doesn't have any extra money. But he says, what I have, what I have access to. Another word that we have is what I possess or what I exist in. I give unto you. What does he say? In the name. What did he do when he said in the name? We said everything of the power of God, of the glory of God, the help of God, the blessing of God was put in the name. So when he said in the name, he opened up the name and pulled out healing. Because healing is in 
the name. And he says, such as I have, I give unto you. Where did Peter have the healing? He had the right to use the name, so he had healing. So he opened up the name, pulled out healing, I give it to you. Because he had a right to whatever the name had. Jesus said, go on my name, which means whatever's in the name is mine. Y'all got religiously quiet on that. So say it with me. Whatever is in the name is mine. Say, whatever is in the name is mine. If it's yours, it's your right to give it. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, people say, oh, the power of God healed him. Well, yes. But what does Peter do when he explains it in verse 16? When everybody gathers around, asks questions. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So faith in the name produced healing and strength. Who had the faith? Peter and John. By their faith in the name, they accessed the power that backed that name. They accessed the power that was in the name. They were sent in the name, and they had the right to use the name, and they had faith in the name. Dad Hagen said this. He says, most people treat the name of Jesus like it's some good luck charm. So they think, well, if I throw Jesus at the end of my prayer, it's got to work. That's not power in the name. Because if you think, well, if I throw Jesus, it may work. That's not using your faith to get what's in the name. Without reverence for the name, you won't have faith when you speak the name. Without reverence for the name, you will not have faith when you speak the name. Now, in our culture, as Americans, as Westerners, we say whatever we want, whatever we want to. We run our mouths all the time. This is what we do. It's our culture. Words don't have the same meaning to us. Everything. We switch words up all the time. We create new words all the time. Things just come out. And so, the name of Jesus doesn't have the reference it deserves in our culture. It's a catchphrase for whatever. It's a cuss word for some. There's no reference for it. So if it's a flippant use of the name, that's what you do all the time. When it comes to use your faith in that name, there will be no faith. Because there's no reverence for the name. We have to return to revering the name of Jesus. You know, when we're worshiping, when we're praying, we're just talking to Jesus and worshiping him. That's different. You're saying that name out of love and adoration. But especially when it comes to praying in the name or using your authority and rebuking something in the name, giving a faith command in the name, you have to have such reverence that when I say the name of Jesus, whatever I need is going to come out that name and fix the situation. Without reverence for the name. You will not have faith in the name. So put a guard over your mouth this coming week. Watch you just letting the thing slip out of your mouth. Make sure with utmost reverence you say the name of Jesus. Because his presence is in his name. 
you've been given a right to use whatever in the name. It says helps. Help is in that name. And so there are times when you don't know what else to do, what else to say. There's times when you don't even have time to say anything else. You may be seeing a car running at your car. You don't have time to do all the faith commands. But you do have time to yell the name of. There's been time, I remember when I was in Tulsa, we are driving, and I had an SUV then, and it hit a patch of ice. And it began to spin heading toward the curve. All I could do was yell, and the car stopped. <laughs> what happened? There's power in the name, but angels respond to the name. So when I gave the angels the name, they went, <laughs> because I said the name. And there was faith in that name. I remember another time when I was living in Texas. I was turning the corner, and this other car that was going at least 70 miles per hour was heading right my way. I yelled out, Jesus. I wish I could say it. It was with a deep, manly voice, but it wasn't. (laughs) Slightly high-pitched. Just slightly. Hit my car. I didn't have an SUV then. I had a car that my grandma didn't like. She said it was too much plastic anyways. It spun, and my car hit the overpass. My car broke in three pieces. I got out the car, looked at my car going, my car, my car. I'm shocked a little bit. And so people was like, son, sit down, sit down. But look at my car. No, you look, my car. So that's all I'm talking about for the next 10 minutes, my car. It's broken in three pieces. There's the main part, there's the bumper over there, and there's the front all the way down the street. My car. They're helping the other guy out of his car, putting braces on him, helping him to the ambulance. I was like, sir, just walk this way. Notice I got out. Walked away, got my own self in the ambulance. Walked myself out the ambulance. They're checking me out and says, you're okay? And there's another guy, I don't think he was saved. If he was, he might be working out of salvation. Because I heard him say, I saw the ex accident bleep. You're blessed. <laughs> but where did that deliverance come? Where did that help come from? The name. It was all in the name. Everything you need is in the name. His presence is in the name. His power is in the name. The blessing is in the name. Angelic help and assistance in the name. Everything that was in the name of Jehovah, whether it's Jehovah Shalom, your peace, whether it's Jehovah Nisi, the banner, victory, Jehovah Tiskanu, the one who makes everything all right, Jehovah Jireh, the one who sees and provides. Whatever that was in those names, he puts in the name of Jesus. And when you use that name, you can pull out of it whatever you need. It's all in the name. When you go in the name, you go as his representative, believing that he's going to back you with everything that that name represents. That's why Peter and John could say, in the name. Acts 4.30 when they were released from jail, 
They gather among their own company. They begin to pray. Acts chapter 4, verse 30. While they're praying, they said, By stretching forth your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the, the name. So signs and wonders are done by the so miracle signs and wonders are in the name. It's all in the name. And you've been given the right to use that name. Not everybody has the right to use that name. It says at that name, everything has to bow. But only it'll bow to you if you have the right to use that name. Now, remember, there were these seven guys in the book of Acts. They called them sons of Sceva. According to, I was reading after Rick Renner, who was studying out the Greek in that case, and he said there was no Jewish guy named Sceva that wasn't a Jewish name. That was almost like an inspired insult. There were seven sons who had no type of holiness whatsoever. They were children of the enemy. They lived in darkness. But they were witch, witches and warlocks. They would collect incantations and try to control spirits. So they're living in Ephesus, and Paul was there preaching and teaching for two years, doing miracles, signs, and wonders. The entire city is turning. People in the city leadership are coming to Jesus. The entire region, which is modern-day Turkey, is turning to God. Churches are started out that revival. All the seven churches in the book of Revelation came from that time of ministry. And they heard Paul preaching. Because it says everyone who lived in the city heard the message in the name of Jesus. Everybody in two years in those cities heard. So these warlocks heard. And so there was a man who was really possessed that no one else could deal with. So they went to him. And they're just trying out the incantations. They probably wrote it down. Oh, yeah, this, this seems like a good one. We adjure you. By the name of Jesus of whom Paul preaches. Come out, this man. Jesus? The demon goes, I know him. I remember him. He kicked my butt in hell about 20 years ago. I remember him. I know that name. Paul? I know him too. It was a different word for know in Greek. It means that I've recently become acquainted with him. I didn't know who he was, but I've been watching, and now I know who he is. That's why I ain't over there at his meeting. I know who he is. But who is you? And what happened? This one dude beat seven men up. Two, they were bleeding, took all their clothes, and they ran out naked. Why? They didn't have the right to use the name. And what was the result? Reverence came to the name of Jesus. You, they realized not everybody can use that name, but Paul and his people, when they say that name, something happens. Not everybody can use that name. Not everybody has the right to use that name. But you do. And faith in that name can unpack whatever's in that name. So when we go through this series and talk about what's in the name, it, when faith rises in your heart, you can take it out that name. Whatever you need. Oh, 
I'll use that today. I need some help today. So in the name of Jesus, I receive my help. There it is. Oh, all this green, yellow pollen. Shoot. You know what? In the name of Jesus, I take out immunity. There's an extra bill. What am I going to do? You know what? In the name of Jesus, I take out my provision. I can't sleep. In the name of Jesus, I take out peace of mind. You can take it from the name because faith in the name produces all these wonderful things. But you must have reverence for that name if you ever expect to have faith in that name. So here's a statement I'm going to say. And I'm going to drop the mic. His name can do anything he can do. His name can do anything he can do. So if you use his name, Stand to your feet. So think on that for a week. Chew on that. I don't know if we'll get to this Sunday or next Wednesday. We'll pick that up because he gave you his name. I'll teach you with this. When a man marries his wife, he gives her his name. Right? When she has that name, she can access whatever he has access to. My wife has my name, which means she has my money. The bank is going to give her whatever she asks for because she has my name. Whatever is in the account goes to her because she has my name. Whatever is in reserve goes to her because she has my name. Whatever is in God's storehouse goes to you because you have his name. But that's next week. Every head bowed, every eye closed in prayer. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.